Hello and welcome to Cartel Aristocrats live cast number 85. I'm joined, of course, as always, with Edwin of Kerwin's Gaming and Travis Allen of MTG Price, MTG Fast Finance, and that's pretty much it. Uh, we also have Jim Caselli right here in the flesh. We were lucky enough to get him to GP Toronto. And we figured after a long day, we would sort of share some of the finance knowledge of... Uh, of Toronto and what went on, our picks of the week, all that fun stuff. We apologize if the audio stream isn't perfect. We apologize if the stream clutters out a bit, but we do appreciate all of you guys coming on. Now, Ed, was there anything that you noticed on the floor of GP Toronto this weekend? I wasn't really on the floor. I was behind a booth the whole time, as GPs yeah. generally tend to go. Was there any uh, price trends that you noticed? Uh, Nothing out of the ordinary uh I, I there's definitely a lot of chatter one because it's a modern grand prix and with some speculation regarding the reddit threads suggesting that jace will be unbanned and snaring bridge will be banned i think there's definitely a lot of discussion about that uh people were a little stubborn to buy snaring bridges uh but jace's have done very well but with the incoming reprint people also seem very set on selling their jaces now, it's important to point out that we heard it, there was that Reddit post about Jace getting unbanned and, and Staring Bridge getting banned, but the guy claimed they were coming from the beta and the beta wasn't actually live at the time that he claims those screenshots came from. Also, they were Photoshopped because people found that there was like a, the border was wrong. And then like the image ended up getting edited when somebody pointed out the problem, the guy like, Changed the Photoshop and reposted it. So just so we're clear, that was a hundred percent a hoax. Right. So it's not to say that that's not going to happen, but that post has nothing to do with it. Just so everyone knows. Right. But people may have just simply looked at the headline and yeah, jumped yeah. on it. So, um, and it's also worth noting that in the past there have been instances where Bloodbraid Elf has been unbanned on the beta, and people were playing with Bloodbraid Elf, even though that was more of like. A momentary like glitch type thing where that didn't actually translate to live or the actual unbanning yeah because we've seen multiple times now where it looked like moto had ban information ahead of time and it's only been right like once right like splinter twin they got splinter twin right that's splinter twin and uh summer bloom i believe yeah. well, that was the same li list wasn't it was it? the yeah. same banning yeah. yeah and yeah. then there were several other times where like blood raid was legal on moto like twice or yeah. something like that and then that's never been yeah nothing banned, came to so. fruition and we also saw vendors buying jason mines culture at a very high rate i believe it was 65 to 70 canadian uh which is uh, uh 70 canadian comes out to 54 usd which is pretty good considering it's a card that is a guaranteed reprint in a master set. That card is not going to stay at the price point that it currently is at. Um, so that's one of those where you can take advantage of the uh, just shorting them essentially, uh, getting out of them and then rebuying and essentially netting yourself a free Jace the Mind Sculptor, especially if you had Eternal Masters copies because Worldly copies are a different price platform than normal. Uh, we also saw a lot of casual cards have extremely aggressive buy lists. Um, you saw stuff like Perforos got of the Forge. It was retailing for 20 to 22 Canadian. Uh, they were paying 14 to 16 Canadian on it, which is a very narrow spread. Uh, that's a card that continues to go up as Theros is just still negative EV to open. Uh, Theros Dotsuses were on buy list for 14 to 15 Canadian, and they were being sold for, I think it was 19 to 22 Canadian. 
uh, depending on the vendor. Um, and obviously, Iconic Masters ones were more expensive than that. Uh, it's just something to keep in mind that sometimes you can get near TCG low um, on these cards because vendors either want them in stock for the GP. For example, we are currently at a modern GP. Um, or they just have an out and they're willing to pay above what they would normally pay to just get those copies in stock. Um, I didn't really notice anything too crazy. There were a lot of cheap old school cards on site, um, a lot of aggressively priced power. Um, there were some deals to be had, some arbitrage to be made, but I didn't see anything that really blew me away. Um, do you want to talk about the currency thing without naming names with Doug? What currency thing? Uh, you lost me. Okay. So Doug, who's uh, Rose of Thorns, we actually just had dinner with him. If you look on our Twitter account, cartel underscore finance, uh, we tweeted out pictures of us going to dinner. Um, one of the vendors, the current exchange rate is one US dollar equals anywhere between 1.2 to 1.25, um, which is a 0.85 conversion back to Canadian. Uh, one of the vendors actually inputted 0.75 of Canadian instead of 0.85. Uh, or instead of dividing by 1.25. So Doug bought 180 Canadian dollar uh, Mox Opal Expeditions, and he only had to pay 0.75 of the Canadian price. So he basically walked away with a lot of free money out of that. Uh, oh, okay. So yeah. just the just the vendor just not understanding so, how... Yeah, he was yeah, explaining he, this to me. He's like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then I offered him 0.75 as exchange rate. I'm like, so he, you just... Got free money, and he's right? Like, so he yeah. basically he basically <laughs> saved extra seven percent on top, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, on top of what we've already been a very good price. Yep. So that's just something where uh, sometimes there's a momentary lapse in judgment from either side. Uh, and I mean, for example, I had a vendor today um, put uh, M11 lightning bolts in the bulk rare spot of the playmat that he was buying on, and I went back through. And I like pulled them out, and that's just like something if you're selling, always check because even though they, they may be reputable, everyone makes mistakes. Uh, sometimes you can take advantage of that, like Doug, but other times they can backfire <laughs> on you. Uh, so always check your stuff, um, especially with card condition. If something is very aggressively priced, which we've seen a lot of at this GP, there's a high chance it's signed or damaged, or, or there's like a bend in it. Uh, luckily, as we've seen, TCG players implemented the photo option and they've also lowered their fees so you can now list graded cards and altered cards on tcg player and something that uh is like mp sp but signed uh you can list an mp and you can show a picture and a lot of people will be like oh you put in the the extra work i can see it's just the signature i'm fine with signed cards at a discount um so if you're selling on tcg that's something you can use um ogre boxing i don't really see that many people doing it this weekend uh, Doug did it a bit. Um, I don't think Travis did. I really didn't. I don't think Ed did. Um, I don't think that's much of a thing here in Canada. Or at least any anyone who was trying to come up from the U.S. that likes to ogre box, uh, they, didn't, they didn't come because the weather was so bad. Um, that's also played a, a point in uh, vendors getting access to money, vendors getting access to people selling their collections. Uh, some vendors had said like they have all their almost all their cash left, and um, a couple of them are almost out already. Uh, so it's interesting to see like what's going on on the floor. Uh, but other than GP finance, because we know you guys love talking about that so much as Travis rolls his eyes off screen for the 50th time. Not off screen. It's right there. It's uh, off screen. Yes. Um, there is some other stuff going on. Um, we did get uh, M25, which we talked about, Jace and Asusa, and we're thinking Platinum Imperion for the third card or Darksteel uh, Colossus. 
Something like no, that? No, it's still Overseer. You think it's still Overseer? I don't know. It's a possibility. Blade Steel Colossus is a decent guess. Uh, something that we didn't really talk about last week that much is Bloodbraid Elf. Um, the promo continues to go up as of this recording. Uh, I don't know if Travis is sitting on any of those. Uh, I might have a couple kicking around from like after it was the first, when it was originally banned, I might have picked up a couple after expecting it to get unbanned eventually, but I haven't bought any in forever because people keep thinking it's going to get unbanned and keep buying piles of them ahead of ban announcements and it's not worth it anymore. Any thoughts on Bloodbraid? I... I think that is one of those cards that will do the least harm to modern if it does get unbanned. Yeah. Um, so I think it's relatively safe. Uh, modern has changed pretty substantially since it has gone banned. Um, without uh, Deathrite Shaman to accelerate into Bloodbraid Elf, that was one of the more egregious problems with modern kind of since its first iteration. But now we've seen many things that. I would say, I circumvent might not necessarily be the right word, but it's much more accommodating to Blood Raid Elf. Like that is definitely one of the more powerful things you can do. But with how like decks like we've seen Lantern just win a Pro Tour, things like uh, like Grix is like all the Death Shadow variants didn't exist. It just seems like trying to play a format three two haste while you do get a free spell of it the impact is much lower than it was compared to you know 2013 2014 when modern was in its infancy yeah it turns out the problem was never blood rate elf it was always death rate shaman and they just didn't want to ban a brand new card and it was stupid as shit then and it's stupid as shit now <laughs> and speaking of stupid as shit if we're talking about the modern format um Another thing that we've noticed is as for tool decks, they may not be winning, but they are still very popular. If you look around the tables, you're seeing a lot of Tron. Uh, you're seeing a lot of the Red Black Hollow one decks. Uh, Goblin Lore was in a expensive, expensive uncommon this weekend. Uh, it was like 17 Canadian dollars for some copies on site, which was uh, obscene. Um, but players going to pay high money to get their cards on time. Um, we... Travis is still, as we talked about at dinner, uh, still holding out on Rooster Balance at this point. <laughs> That's going to be, they said one card from every set in Masters 25, and that is going to be the 10 spiral. <laughs> it's just going to be the most savage blowout. So it's another lucky moment. So just like Restore Balance, Travis is going to be kept waiting in suspense as we uh, figure out exactly what's going to be on this set. Like, I picked up like 70 Avatar of Slaughters at like 60 cents or something because it was starting to creep up and it got up to like two or three dollars and i was like all right we're getting there we're getting there and uh right before it was about time to unload on the avatar slaughters they reprinted it in c17 and just like decimated the value of all those avatars so i think then they oh and they changed the rules for split cards so all of my breaking enterings and beck and calls got trashed <laughs> So it's like every card I've owned more than like twenty copies of Wizards has staggered me on. So they're just they're just waiting for me to get my hopes up before they do it on Restore Balance. Yep. And uh, if you haven't noticed, Ed and I are sitting on a couch. Travis is sitting on a pile of salt at this point. Um, <laughs> the interesting thing is we're starting to see a lot of price movements in modern now that there's all these modern GPs this year. Um, a lot of the cards are starting to go up a lot more, uh, which obviously most people can predict. Um, Ancestral Visions, the reprint. I, I think you guys are moving them pretty fast right now. Uh, Thoughtseize, Ether Vials are really hard to keep in stock for most people. 
Um, those are just like blue chip, quote unquote, blue chip things that shouldn't get reprinted in M25. Obviously, there's no guarantee. Um, but that's something where, you know, if you've been waiting, like they're just going to continue to go up at this point. We've told you to pick them up and uh, some of them are starting to go up. Uh, I think Major's Bobble's dead at this point, though. Um, speaking of dead prices, bulk is pretty much dead. Uh, bulkers, everyone's getting lower and lower on them. Uh, channels like one of the last people at this GP paying 10 American cents each on bulk. Uh, I most vendors offer me 10 Canadian cents today, but I also had a lot of really bad bulkers, so your mileage may vary. Um, promo bulk foils and foil rares, a lot of vendors were offering 10 cents on them this weekend instead of quarters. Uh, I don't know if it's because the foil market's saturated or if they're just impossible to move. Maybe that's Ed's specialty. Um, we don't have a problem locally, but there's just like some stuff I can't sell at the shop. Impossible to move is probably the most accurate thing it's hard to list them quickly and efficiently if you're if your metric of employed performance is how many cards it can get online it's much more practical to uh you know i'm just sitting there on crystal commerce putting on rivals Exxon, for example i just want to be putting on stacks and stacks of cards it's much easier to count out oh i'm here's like 20 rekindling pnc's 20 jade light rangers you go online as opposed to here's one foil jet light ranger one foil pre-release jet light ranger one etc etc uh, and the grading is much more stringent as well uh, mainly because the things you look for are surface clouding uh, scuffs that show up on the surface due to the foiling process those tend to be much more uh, noticeable foils so the grading on them is much harder whereas it feels by tc player grading standards uh, the band for near mint is much larger and you have a little bit more wiggle room in terms of what TCG player actually considers as a near mint card. Yep. Um, we did the cool stuff plug, right? Uh, I don't think so. This cast is always sponsored by coolstuffinc.com and gatheringmagic.com with free shipping on orders of $100 or more, a sweet 25% buy list bonus, and all a place for all of your magic gathering needs. Coolstuffinc.com is the one-stop shop for magic. Are we supposed to be able to see like the chat from viewers or something? I'm not going to pull it up because our Wi-Fi is that bad. Oh, yep. I think there's only two viewers in anyways at the moment. Shout out to the two viewers who tuned into our impromptu cast. Assuming this is getting through to you, we do appreciate it. Um, so for for the kind of like sidetrack for anyone not here in Toronto, it is like seven degrees outside. It has been snowing nonstop since we got here. Jeremy had a hell of a time getting in. I flew here from New York because I didn't want to make the drive up because I had no idea how bad it was going to be. And Travis and Doug struggled to drive in. Though they're used to the snow, um, Chicago was basically completely closed down for the last two days, so I had to fly to three different airports to make it in here. Uh, it was uh, not great. But um, any other topics besides modern or anything like that? Uh, they got back up since you were kind of talking about modern. I think... One of the problems with the Pro Tour, other than it being modern, is modern is the type of format where it's meant to be a casual format in, term, in terms of competition. Um, I, I think it's one of those things that's better left to its own devices. There was actually a very good article on Channel Fireball about one of the biggest reasons to not have a modern Pro Tour is that you don't want to have all the best players in the world put it in a microscope and scrutinize it and try to optimize it because the nature of modern, what I view and what many other pro players view as being 
a shortcoming of modern is actually to your average person one of modern's uh biggest appeals is that i can play any deck i want if i happen to like you know my pet deck is uh like burn for example or affinity if i've had it since its inception i can continue to play it and it's still viable sure some cards have lost value due to reprints like obviously fetchlands are less than they were eidolons are a little bit less than they were seven bucks right now yeah, yeah. there was a point when they were much higher um 14 15 yeah but your deck is relatively fine you may not necessarily win every modern event you go to, but your deck will continue to be reasonably competitive, and there will be no point when your deck is truly bad or unplayable. But now, when you have all the best players in the world in one area for one weekend trying to completely break the format, you're basically kind of taking that away from people. Because if it turns out Lantern is the best deck, um, or it has enough percentage points over the rest of the field you kind of start ruining modern for your average person. Yeah. Um, that being said, I think it has brought modern kind of back into the forefront for a lot of people. It's been one of those things where, at least in my mind, it kind of feels like for kind of a stretch ever since uh, Death Shadow uh, first came on board, the original Jun iteration with Traverse's Tarmogoy's I guess will now be considered Traverse Shadow when that first came out, and then it kind of shifted to Grixis Shadow. That was kind of the hot thing for a while, and then Human seems kind of like has been at the forefront of modern. I think now that the Pro Tour has brought so much has has brought modern back into the spotlight. I think it's kind of given people more opportunity to experiment. So there's that's why we see things like Goblin Lore going crazy, and that probably would have never been discovered on its own if we just kind of left modern to its own devices via, like, Grand Prix level, SCG level. Yeah, I mean, that's the this, this stuff that... That was part of the reasoning that Wizards gave us when they canceled the modern Pro Tours initially was they didn't... They felt like the Pro Tours were solving modern and it wasn't good for the format, which was still completely valid, right? Like, that, that hasn't stopped being true, and it was really fun to see it come back, and... I enjoyed it, but I, I get that having it every single year might get it might make it too stale unless they manage to change modern enough with all four sets every year, uh, which isn't going to happen, of course. Interestingly enough, part of that might be that modern's card pool has gotten large enough because remember, with each new set, modern's card pool grows, or, or and the amount of playable cards in modern as a percentage decreases with each new set right so if each new set adds two playable cards to the modern card pool the those are a less smaller and smaller percentage of the total modern card useful modern card pool because it's so big now if they roll out a new format uh like something like frontier or whatever uh you that card pool would be so small again and then each new set would relatively be such a large change up you could go back to having like a one pro tour a year as a frontier pro tour because you get four more sets in between Pro Tours, which would do a ton to the format if it started out as only several blocks. And, you know, and then you're switching, you know, by the time you get back around to the Pro Tour, you've increased the card pool by like 20% or something like that. So it would be cool that you could you could revisit it like that um, with a new format. Maybe, maybe that's the trick for determining when it's time to roll out a new format. When you're, when you're non-rotating format, 
can't withstand the pro tour, then it's time for a new one. That being said, I think the difference between this modern pro tour and the most recent modern pro tour was there was nothing along the lines of Eldrazi, right? Because I think that kind of, I think that was one of the bigger contributing factors to what broke Pro Tour Oath of Gatewatch, as it were, right? Oh, yeah. Like clearly, the new Eldrazi that came with uh, Oath of Gatewatch, Reality Smasher, Thought Not Seer, were not meant to interact favorably with the original Eldrazi temples and Ive Ugins, right? It's one thing to have, you know, an an Emrakul Ulmog come down on turn eight versus turn 10. It's one thing to have thought not here come down on turn two, as opposed to turn four or turn five. And that's a pretty substantial change. I really don't get those Eldrazi. Like they just seem like the worst design decisions. Like with the Eldrazi, what made the Eldrazi cool was they were huge and scary. And like, if you put one on the battlefield, it was massive. And then they're like, now nah, I have a bunch of four fours and five fives with like pain in the ass abilities. It's like, that's not what the Eldrazi were supposed to be about. Right, that was very questionable. Well, the Eldrazi are about money, and it definitely sold a lot of Battle for Zendikar block along with Expeditions, so they got that right. Did it sell BFC, or did it sell Oath of the Gatewatch? Uh, Oath of the Gatewatch more than BFC, but the whole reason why some people bought back into Magic, at least locally, anecdotally, is because they were returning to Zendikar, and they wanted that feel of exploration and being a ranger and going on a quest and finding all these cool things, and instead they got corrupted tendrils everywhere. <laughs> Which, I say... They, uh, yeah, the, the original Zenikar had such a great feel, then they just completely missed the mark with Battle for Zenikar. So maybe they will return to that after Return to Return to Ravnica, but we will see. Yeah, which is coming. Yep. Uh, you guys want to move into Pick of the Week? Sure. Ed, you're first. Ed, you are first. <laughs> um, so uh, so one, I, th I think one of the cool things up here is we've definitely had a lot of fans come up to us here in Toronto. I was going to get to that at the end, but okay. But the question that has been brought up, Travis included, was where do I stand on masterpieces? I kind of talked about this probably my pick of the week for a while, mainly because it's easy. Um, but Don't things, go crazy, Reddit. <laughs> things like uh, the kind of the mid-tier masterpiece, not the truly garbage ones like... Um, Static uh, orb. Static orb. That was uh, one of them. No, for low tier. Uh, As an yeah, example yeah. for mid tier, you use stuff like what, Worm Coil Engine. No, Worm Coil Engine is an expensive one because it's actually a G player now. Okay. It just seems to be disappearing rapidly. The, the bad ones are like Black Vice. Like no one would ever play that. Divert, no one would ever play that. But kind of the uh, like $25 to $50 oh. ones, yeah. uh, uh, they're looking. I remember this. Static Orb was even an invention. Yeah. Aggravated low ones. They do see prizes kind of in there, even though it's a little bit cheaper. How do you feel about Forbidden? It's like $12 everywhere. Um, you think it's too niche? I think it's a little bit too narrow. Uh, mainly because it doesn't have kind of the same splash um, that like, you know, Aggravated Assault, like almost every red deck that's sent around creatures wants that type of effects. That's why uh, Aggravated Assault continues to be a very expensive card, even though we've seen a reprint in the uh, Explorers of Ixlon pack. The other thing with um, Capsa, or Forbid, to clarify, there's a old bordered foil out there. I believe it was an FNM promo. Yep. And every time 
I have both of those on the shelf right at a show. Uh, the old border one always sells and the invocation one never sells because no one had a lot of the newer players like the past five to 10 years haven't seen that many of those for bids. And then there's just like stacks sitting in shops of the invocation ones. Right. Uh, but you were saying it. So uh, like, again, it's just kind of those mid tier ones that are pretty appealing. There's quite a few of them. Like we've already seen paradox. Up. I've mentioned, I, I believe that was one of my pick of the weeks. Uh, the eighth revolt mythic, as opposed to the actual invention, but that is those ones are the ones they've they all have the same symptoms that we've kind of seen that led to the initial uh, spike in inventions and masterpieces. Probably about uh, supplies dwindling, on demand for the most perform very Shrek because they're fuel for them. Uh, Die ball content starts life at like. 14 to 16 dollars everyone was pretty disappointed but given how much play it does see in edh there are many similar ones uh i would say like counterspell it's one of those things that we mentioned before we did see initial spike it's kind of settled back down but it's, we're really at the point where supply is dwindling and it wouldn't surprise me if you know some ambitious people decide that hey this card needs to be more expensive i have sold most of mine i don't have very many left <laughs> um like those are types of things you want to watch out for. And I think uh, we, we did answer this on cartel a few weeks ago, but keeping an eye on the supply, I think you do stand to make a decent amount of money. If you can kind of uh, get in ahead of the supply drop once they disappear. We did. We did hear some, an end, uh, supposedly involved in purchasing was it 50% of all masterpieces in existence or something like allegedly. that allegedly allegedly but it was like 50% of all of them I don't know why you're looking at me like <laughs> well you were there you heard him say it too I, allegedly <laughs> you allegedly heard him say it but he allegedly <laughs> did it <laughs> but allegedly that's Ed's pick of the week Travis what's yours uh, uh will people play today uh something I try not to do magic games what was that <laughs> that's just me jeremy being jeremy <laughs> and uh i was reminded that unstable came with foil tokens which i completely missed uh amongst all the lands but all the tokens in that were foil and there are definitely casual like the squirrels uh and then other ones are more useful like the elemental and the spirit tokens so I guess the elemental tokens are like 35 cents to 50 cents right now foil and the spirits are about a dollar or so. I think both of those are probably pretty solid. There's a huge inventory of them at the moment. Like I just pulled up the spirit on TCG and there was like one guy at like 115 available. But those are the types of cards that people aren't going to buy four. They're going to buy like 20, right? Like they're not going to, they're not just need a place. They're going to need a bunch of them. Um, and Wizards has shown that they're not keen on reprinting stuff from the un the unsets. Like they kind of just let them be their own thing. Um, we haven't really seen anything from the unsets other than the lands, but it's two unsets now where we have never seen them revisit those lands in any way, shape, or form since then. I expect they'll. I don't want to say they'll treat the tokens exactly the same, but they're pretty well positioned. I would say. Uh, so if you wait long enough, yeah, okay, we have six viewers. We tripled our view live viewers here Got in the last 20 minutes. In any case, I think given how many of these tokens people are likely to buy at a time, you could see the foil, spirit, and elemental tokens, and maybe whatever other useful ones there are. I didn't get a chance to look through the entire inventory of them. Uh, could move pretty, could move pretty cleanly up. I mean, I, 
I could see those foil spirit tokens at 10 bucks, right? Like that doesn't, not, not today, but like it doesn't seem like an unreasonable outcome at some point. So if you're going to go deep on those, there's a guy on the high end page and the buy sell trade page that posted 50,000 unstable tokens. 50,000? 50, 50,000. And you can buy any number of them in bulk. And if you're interested in uh, getting a very easy way to spec and literally just having a long row and not having to dig out a bunch of dimes, uh, you can just contact him. His post went up last week, and I know he sold the squirrels already, but I'm pretty sure he has the spirits and elemental tokens left. 50,000? 50, 50, there's like, a pack, right? Well, no, because their Steam Flogger boss is like 51,000 booster packs. I have the calculator. On the topic of unstable, though, that's, despite the fact that there's actually a reprint, it's 1,400 boxes of yep. unstable. Mm hmm. I guess it's actually not that crazy. That's like less than Star City. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Which isn't actually that nuts. And you were saying? Uh, despite the fact that they're unstable, the reprint, uh, um, we... Uh, I haven't been super successful in trying to get it back in stock, mainly because it's actually pretty short supply. Uh, the the email... That's, that's that's the bulk that I gave. I should have picked it. Yeah, like you had the opportunity. <laughs> the, uh... Travis just sold bulk to Doug, and Doug already pulled out like what he paid for the bulk. More than what he paid for the bulk. <laughs> I had a somewhat difficult time restocking on Unstable. The email uh, restock uh, list that comes through from Wizards, we were able to reorder one case of Unstable per Same. week. Yep. Uh, everyone everyone should be in that same boat yep. like we, that's just wizards that's what everyone is allowed that you can order as much obviously rivals mix on english uh Ixon english that you want but... hour of devastation uh, yep. of devastation yep. um and cat Kaladish was a little higher i think last time i checked through southern yeah uh, i think aether vault might be out yeah yep aether Vault's out but most of the distributors they've either said that they're out which in their language means that they're just trying to hold on to it and seeing where it goes where it goes because they aren't willing to sell and if you've been following them on ebay on tc player most of them are like in the 120 ish range 130 um I, and that's not so much that demand is still there i don't necessarily see people being interested in doing unstable drafts still but i think people are starting to kind of realize that oh like i can you know quietly tuck one of these like a box or two away and there's a very real chance that you it probably won't go the way of unhinged. You probably won't see like eight hundred dollar boxes, but given a few years, it's very realistic that you can probably like one point five to double your money on these because people could do like lands, like Travis said, the foil tokens probably won't be something that they'll be that they'll revisit in the next unset whenever it comes out in five years down the road or whatever. They'll probably find some new gimmicky thing that people like that you know that will be the selling point for that um great point yeah just something to keep in mind about unstable like i've ever i've actually started selling more unstable basics the ones that we do have in stock uh since then because i think people are starting to understand that wow there really might not be as much out there if i want to get my unstable basics or the last few cards to complete my set or whatever probably need to start locking them in now what are the non-foil basics going for uh for unstable yeah uh they're so you want to go by TCG or which market are we using here? TCG. TCG low is two two dollars and change. Like it was like one point five at 
two weeks ago. So two or three. Yeah, this should be like two to RTCG low on forests, on islands, or on forests, on plains, on mountains. Yep. Swamps were a little bit higher, and then islands were like like pushing four now. Yeah, like three point five. Like you really, it's kind of hard to find them for less than that. So they were. It was one basic per pack, right? Yes. yes. One basic and yep. one foil token. Yes. And sometimes the foil token was replaced with Steam Flogger Boss. That was it. Yeah. And you do have to remember that you want a discount on the, like, sure, you can pull up TCG for me and say, like, oh, there's a seller selling an island for, like, you know, like 2.8 or something. That's fine. Most and that's people, one island. Right. Most people aren't trying to order one island at yeah. a time. Most people need, you know, at the very minimum, I need enough for, like, my Storm deck, which needs, like, you know, like three islands, right? That's, that's kind of like the minimum. But you have people building cubes, building EDH decks. I need one seller that has like 20, 20. right, or some amount for me at, to buy at once because people, most people rather pay for that convenience rather than have five different envelopes come in with, you know, three to five islands or whatever. And that's where you as a listener can make money by having a bunch of these in your binder, um, especially if you find a good price on these and you can trade them out. I mean, if you're trying to flip them for something else, you're welcome to. Um, but you're if you're able to stockpile them, like and you want to move out of them in a couple of years and you don't just want to put them in a 1K, put them in a binder. Because worst case is someone can say like, hey, do you have any of these? And you show up with a perfectly organized binder and it looks way more professional than let me grab a one row and I'll pull out whatever I have. Uh, where like Ed even sorts his one rows of stuff he has by like which card it is. So he knows how many of each thing he has. Whereas I haphazardly throw a bunch of stuff in a box and like pray I have it in stock. Um, but yeah, that's a really good pick. For both of you, because that was a good unstable discussion. Um, my pick of the week is Elishnorn. This is a card that continues to see a lot of demand. Um, two to three vendors had very high bias on them this weekend, uh, which is something to keep in mind. Even after the currency Canadian conversion, it was about fifty cents below TCG player low. Not necessarily what they're getting on direct, but just still something to keep in mind. Um, this card has been printed. This is its third printing now, not including the judge promo. And uh, this is just like a casual all-star. A lot of casuals see this card and they go, wow, it gives all this stuff plus two. It gives all this stuff minus two. This will go great in my tokens deck. And it's under $15. I think they're like 12 to 13 bucks right now. Uh, so it's just something to keep in mind. This Iconic Masters stuff, I mean, if you don't have a play set of every card you want out of Iconic Masters, just it's not going to set you back that much money uh, besides maybe Horizon Canopy. Uh, so it's just something to keep in mind. So that'll be my pick of the week. Now, as Ed touched on before, we did have quite a few viewers come up to us besides Travis. I guess he just was too dark and brooding with uh, his perfectly slick hair and uh, fashionable serial <laughs> high school shooter getup. Um, well, Ed, do you want to... from a Doctor Who show with my collar up like this. Ed, do you want to talk about any viewers that came up to you, give any shout-outs or like anything like that? Uh... I think it was, uh, uh, God, I forgot. So what. shout out to Loot Whore. That's his Twitter account. Uh, he's <laughs> a big giant guy with a sweet ginger beard. Uh, he was successfully arguing with vendors on the prices he wanted, uh, which we found great because I was sitting next to him and it was behind the booth next to the guy buying his cards. Uh, so he was selling city traders and he's like, I want this. And the guy's like, I can pay this. He's goes, he's like, no, you're, you're paying this. And the guy's like, okay. Uh, stuff like that was really funny because uh, we've given tips on Grand Prix stuff before. And that's also an example of me giving the friend price because he was a decent, normal human being. It's a rarity. Is So if you want to sell cards to vendors, be a decent, normal human being. Shout out to Channel Fireball for not having enough goddamn tables at their event. And we got bounced <laughs> three times trying to sit and play EDH. 
So thanks for not having enough tables for all the people who showed up at your and that was like four hundred people that didn't even yeah like make it yeah right there were like several hundred people missing from this GP and we still couldn't get room if everyone had shown up for this GP you like would not have been able to sit down to eat your lunch yep I believe two years ago when I was here the hall was actually they had actually knocked down one of the walls so it was slightly more expanded it was what there was one more uh section i guess uh because the wall was removed so it was a little bit more spacious but uh, you guys can hear that dinging that's corbin by the way he's messaging me shout out to corbin who <laughs> who gave us an excuse for not coming to dinner last night with doug and the rest of us and then he gave us an excuse tonight to not uh go to dinner as well so we we appreciate that brainstorm brewery always on top of things doug actually showed up because he was an original cartel member um matt uh matt or mike lamestorm brewery ouch Matt or Mike also showed up and said hi. Um, no Twitter handle, just talking. Uh, I guess like Ed and I are real easy to spot because I'm a big, tall, bald guy, and Ed's like always willing and dealing, so it's super easy to find in him. one place. Yeah, in one place for for not this GP, but most GPs is one in one place. Um, so it was cool. We had like five or six people come up to us that like knew about cartel. Um, we signed a foil cartel aristocrat. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. Like I said, no one knew who Travis was, so they didn't ask him <laughs> to sign anything. Um, we're talking about a second wave of merch. We were like sort of touching on that at dinner. Uh, if you guys want that, just like reach out to us on Twitter. And uh, yeah, this is our live cast. I hope our internet was good enough for this because I don't know what you guys are seeing right now. <laughs> it looks uh, great on our end. It looks it's awesome all you're getting end. for Monday. So if it sucks, too bad. Yeah, uh, I'll be traveling on Monday back from Toronto. Um, Ed, is there any GPs you're going to? Uh, next weekend is Pokemon Regionals for me, so I will not be in Lyon. In the great state of Illinois. Illinois. Like, Illinois. Yep. Right across the border. Yep. Uh, flying to Missouri, yep. or Missouri, or wherever Missouri. state. Yeah, wherever state you live in. Yep. Uh, I'm tentative on Memphis. I'm leaning towards no. Okay. Memphis is in the middle of nowhere. How dare you? It's three hours from me. <laughs> <laughs> next to the middle of nowhere. Uh, the next one for that after me for for me after that will likely be Madrid. Yep. So see our EU viewers then. If you're in Toronto, you could probably skip canoe, but Cabo was great. Yeah. Cabo was very good. I probably I'll probably come I might come out for the next GP up here in Toronto, which is in three May. Three months. May. But that's about it. And not like anyone gives a shit because nobody ever talks to me anyways. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> we will be on site tomorrow. That is important to I had a, all three of us. A couple a couple moments where people seem to be whispering to each other and pointing at me at a distance, but that was the closest <laughs> I get, which frankly is probably preferable. Um, but yeah, Ed and I are friendly at least. Um what, what, what were we talking about? GPs. I, oh, GPs. Next event. Okay. Um, I will be at Lyon. I will maybe be back in time to see Sarah Ed. Sarah Lyon? No. I will maybe be back in time to see Ed. I don't know. I doubt it, but we'll figure that out. Um, I will also be at Memphis, ninety like 100% locked in for Memphis. Um, 80% on Madrid. Oh, you're coming to Madrid. If that's not the weekend of the five k, no, that is the weekend of five k. Okay. That, that's the reason zero, why. I, that, that's the reason zero. why. I, <laughs> that's the reason why I cannot go to your five k because we have this zero percent on Madrid okay. and then like a hundred percent on Phoenix. No, uh, are you going to go to Kyoto? Shit. So zero percent on <laughs> Phoenix, hundred percent on Kyoto. <laughs> all right. Yeah, my I'm mixing up all my GPs. Okay. Um, Gips. 
I have an Excel spreadsheet. I should just pull that out when we record this stuff. We also have this thing called a calendar. That yeah, but my phone's on the floor over there. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. You can find Travis at Wizard Bumpin on Twitter. You can find him on MTG Fast Finance. You can find him on MTG Price, and you can find him on Facebook. You can find Ed at Ed113 on Twitter. You can find him at pretty much every Grand Prix except from Memphis and also France. So we're sorry for those listeners. I'll, I'll Please be- don't find me on Facebook. <laughs> um, uh, I'm not friends with Travis on Facebook. If you're in the horrible state and snowy state of New York, you can find either of these guys. Pretty pretty simple. Uh, Ed works for Kerwin's. So if you're ever doing business with Kerwin's, ask for Ed to ship your order and write a personalized message. He will be more than happy to do that for you. Um, you can find me pretty much everywhere. I'm traveling a lot this year. It's uh, a good way to take my mind off of school, I guess. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Missouri MTG. We have a legacy cancer charity event uh, coming up. It is not sold out yet. Douglas Johnson from Brainstorm Brewery is going to be working for me at that event. So you're welcome to demean him. I know specifically two Springfield players that are coming to just demean Doug at this event, uh, but he doesn't know that yet and he doesn't watch his cast. So it's perfect. Um, other than that, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at cartel underscore finance. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on YouTube. And you can, of course, find us on MTG Cast and occasionally some inflammatory comments on Reddit. Cancer charity event sounds like you're giving away cancer. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, get free cancer. Only if it was a modern <laughs> tournament. It's actually for a good cause. I think there's. Yeah, uh, we had a player pass away last year. Uh, we're giving away a lot of the proceeds. Uh, shout out actually to Star City Games, which donated a bunch of stuff. Uh, we had Leaving a Legacy donate a bunch of stuff. We had Moonbase Market donate some stuff. Um, I know I'm missing more. Uh, the Texas Lurgoys, which is the Texas Legacy Group, just donated a bunch of stuff, including Lord of the Pits, which is another Texas subgroup of the Texas Legacy scene. <laughs> um, and then we also had uh, eight more shops ship me stuff this week, but I haven't gotten it yet. Uh, at this point, almost everybody in this tournament, all 275 players, will have a guaranteed door prize um, on top That's of five thousand awesome. dollars cash. So. Remind me to ship you some stuff when I get back to New York on All right. Tuesday. Um, also, oh, hot, shout out to 95MTG, which is also donating deck boxes. Uh, that was pretty sweet. They're the expensive Hyrule ones that you see at every Grand Prix. So uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening, guys. We This is our cast for Monday, so we won't see you until next Monday. Um, I will be super jet-lagged on the next cast because I will have been back from France for like a day. Uh, Today must be nice. Yeah, but I won't be recording from an airport. Uh, we appreciate the people that tuned in live. We hope this internet connection was good enough, but we wanted to get a cast of all three of us in the same room and Jim uh, giving excuses per usual. <laughs> Specifically the three of us without Jim. That's what <laughs> yes. shooting for. Uh, Ed is basically now the original member of Cartel because he showed up to record a live cast. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate all your feedback. We appreciate all the thousands of people that tuned in to listen to this. Um, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one. Next, next week. Next, 19. Next, next week.